Well, it's December the 1st, y'all, and uh, I can't believe this year has flown by so quickly. It's, uh, I mean, it's just really, really gone by fast, and I know as you get older, people say, you know, time speeds up as you get older, but even my um, 13-year-old son says, Dad, it seems like it's really going fast, and anyway... With the season, the holiday season upon us, I thought maybe I'd tell you another story, um, personal story of mine. Back when I was, I think I was eight years old, I was just a little boy, um, <clears throat> my, uh, my mom and dad, they, they liked uh, taking care of the down and out. Uh, my, my parents always rooted for the uh, the underdog, you know, and um, as a result, they seemed to always find people that needed help, you know, whether they were homeless or uh, between jobs or whatever it was. My parents were always uh, just drawn to those types of people. Well, we lived in a as a kid, it seemed it seemed big, but it really wasn't. But it was a two-story house with a lot of land and um, my dad decided he was going to start a ministry and uh, he called it Faith Village and we we started taking in uh, these young people looking back you know of course excuse me they um, they seemed older to me at the time because I was eight years old um, but looking back now in retrospect as an adult I realized they were probably in their, you know, maybe mid-twenties. Um, there was one girl named Michelle. There was another one called, um, golly, what was her name? Um, anyway, I can't remember. She drove a, she drove a, a, a beetle, a beetle bug, a VW beetle bug. And um, she was a hippie. And so was Michelle. They were both probably burnt out from drugs. Um, anyway, uh, we had a guy there that was uh, fresh out of Vietnam, and uh, he used to tell me stories about the Vietnam War and helicopters flying over the jungles, and and how you know he would kill the Viet Cong, and he had flashbacks, and um, he would just lose his mind. And I remember um, it was pretty scary when he'd have his flashbacks, and uh, it was pretty pretty reckless really of my parents to bring that kind of riffraff into our house but like I say my my dad and mom were always looking for the down and out the downtrodden and so his name was um, I think his name was Jim I think I don't remember um, anyway the story really is not about those people but it's it's about a little girl and to the life of me and to the best of my ability and knowledge, I cannot remember her name, but it seemed like it was Mindy or, or Monica or, or something like that. But for the sake of, uh, of this story, um, I'm just going to call her Monica. Um, I remember um, my parents coming to me and my mother... Um, 
kneeling down in front of me and, and talking to me. And she said, we're going to be bringing a little girl over here to live with us for a little while. And I want you to protect her. I want you to keep her safe and, and you know, be her big brother. And she was only six years old. And uh, I said, yes, ma'am. And I took that very seriously. I mean, that was a that was a mandate, really, for me. And so I had four older brothers, and I was the youngest of five boys. I didn't have a little sister and didn't have a little brother. And um, I always wanted a little brother or a little sister. And um, I was tickled to death just for the opportunity to have a little sister that I could take care of, you know. And um, I remember when they when they brought her in, um, her hair was all matted, and she was dirty, and her fingernails were dirty, and she smelled and she was in raggedy clothes and <clears throat> she was very shy. She didn't say much of anything. And I remember my mother taking her upstairs and, um, and giving her a bath. And she, my mother loved, loved children and loved taking care of little kids. And of course, she'd always wanted a little girl too. And so this was you know, her chance to, to be the mom of a little girl. And so she took her upstairs and put her in a bathtub and gave her this really elaborate bubble bath and you know put nice smelling powder on her and brushed her hair out and, um, she actually had fleas on her I remember later in life my mother telling me the story and um, they brought her down and my mother was brushing her hair and she had long black hair it was very dark it might not have been black but it was very dark and um, she's a beautiful little girl from what I can remember uh, the, the image that I had of her was she was just this real dainty little six-year-old skinny uh, little girl you know and and um, they they brushed her hair and got her all cleaned up and my my dad had gone down to the TGNY which was like our like a Walmart back then but he'd bought her this real cute pink um, uh, what do you call it a uh, robe and some pink slippers and, you know, real girly girl stuff and got her some clothes and some, you know, shirts and pants and panties and all, all this was, you know, girly stuff and, you know, and my mom just loved doting on her and, you know, putting her hair in, in, in ribbons and things like that. And so um, we, we eventually got introduced to one another and, and um, of course I was eight, she was six, she was not far from my age and, um, I just, you know, I loved her immediately. She was my sister, and um, and I was going to protect her. I, I took that mandate very, very seriously from my mom, you know, to protect this little girl and watch over her and keep her safe. And so we played together. We did everything together. Um, and to me, she was just like my little sister, you know, and I loved her deeply. As much as an eight-year-old has the capacity to love, I loved her. And... Um, we played together and, you know, we play outside together and I'm not really sure how long she lived with us, but it seemed like it was a good bit. And, uh, my mother came to me and she told me, she said, um, uh, Monica's mother is, um, coming to get her. And I was very confused because I was told that her mother had abandoned her and um, that she was found under the single wide trailer that they lived in. 
sleeping with the dogs, living with the dogs, eating dog food to survive. And it was only when the um, neighbor was irritated by the young girl coming over asking for food that the neighbor called and said, you know, the police needed to come out. And, uh, and so this woman chose to be with her boyfriend and left her daughter there by herself to live under the trailer with the dogs. And so it was just incomprehensible for me as an eight-year-old to understand how this woman could ever get her child back. And I was confused and I was angry and, you know, I, I just thought she would always be with us. And um, my mother said, uh, we've, got to, we've got to get her stuff packed and get her ready or mom will be here to get her. Well, as an eight-year-old, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think she should go with her mom. I was heartbroken. I was, I was crushed. I mean, here was this precious, precious little girl, and uh, and they were going to send her back to be with this monster that was her mom. You know, who's to say that she wouldn't do it again, or who's to say that it wouldn't be worse next time? Anyway, I was terribly upset, and I found Monica, and I said, "Your mom's coming to get you," and she. She looked excited because, I mean, it is her mom, you know. That's one thing about kids that are abused and neglected. No matter what the mom or dad does, they still love them. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an unusual, strange addiction that they have. Um, but I didn't want her to go. And so I hid her in the closet downstairs. I'll never forget it. There were coats in there and other things hanging up and, and a vacuum cleaner. And I remember pushing her into there and saying, stay here and don't move. Don't make a sound. And I thought in my eight-year-old mind that she would not be found. And this would stop what was going to happen, the inevitable. And my mother comes to me and she says, where's Monica? And I said, I'm not going to tell you. And I knew this would mean that I'd probably get a spanking from my dad. But I didn't care. They weren't getting her. She couldn't have her. And I told my mom, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tell you. And my mother said, you know, she got a little stern with me. And she said, you have to tell me. You know, and I said, I'm not going to tell you. And I put in. And finally, my dad, he lost patience. And he raised his voice. And he, he said, you're going to tell me where she is or I'm going to whip you. And I cried. And I said, no, you'll never find her. I'm not going to tell you. And, of course, I'm eight years old. I don't, you know. I wasn't thinking, and uh, they found her in the closet, and I remember the policeman coming to the door, the, and uh, he was coming to collect her and her things, and uh, I, I wouldn't turn loose of her, and uh, gosh, this is even hard today to talk about it. I've not talked about it much since it happened. 40, golly, 42 years ago? No. When I was 8 years old, I'd be 55 this month. <laughs> almost, almost 50 years ago. It's been a long time, but um, anyway, I remember them pulling me away from her and my mother pulling me and holding me. And they took her away, just like that. This precious little 
child, this innocent little girl was put back with her family, with her mom, and it broke my heart. And I don't think I ever got over that. And that's probably why I've been such a huge advocate for children all my life. And I loved my little cousins to death. They were like my little children. They're like my little sisters and my little brothers. And uh, I never forgot her. Never. Not once have I ever forgotten her. I can't believe I can't remember her name. But it was a pretty traumatic experience for me. It was a, uh, a lesson in loss and uh, a lesson in life that I to this day still don't understand but I've often wondered you know what happened to her you know what did she make it did she what she grew up to be who did she become what was her life like you know and I may never know not this side anyway I may know one day when I get to heaven but I don't know now and it, it bothers me sometimes you know but uh, it was around the holidays because I remember it being cold and uh, it just made me think about it since Christmas is coming up and it just kind of triggered a memory I guess in me but um, I hope one day that I, I I really would love to to just know what happened to her you know she was such a precious thing and I'm I'm guessing she must be you know, in her 50s. You know, I was only two years older than her, so she's got to be 53. I just would love to know what happened to her if she made it, you know, if her mom did anything like that again. And I may never know, but anyway. She makes me think about it during this season of holidays and Christmas and holiday cheer. Wherever she is, I, I hope she's okay and I hope she had a good life. Anyway, just thought I'd share that story with you. It's a little sad, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So, till we talk again.